It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself. In a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 193. And this week we have so many big stories. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to condense things. Otherwise, we'll end this being a Joe Rogan style podcast. But I will put links to articles that enable you to look at the issues a bit further. So forgive me if some of these are very abbreviated. I'm not going to abbreviate this one because I think this is a huge story. And we're not talking about Ukraine. We're not talking about climate change. We're not talking about the financial state and, and so on. We're going back to a story I raised last week, but I think has much more significance than I indicated last week. And that is Disney. Here is the Disney corporate president, Carrie Burke. I'm, I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child. Um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and and also as a leader. Um, and that was the thing that really got me because I have heard so much from so many of my colleagues over the course of the last couple of weeks um, in open forums and through emails and phone conversations. And um, I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them. Um, to all of us, we, we, had a, we had an open forum last week at 20th where um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And and, and yet we don't have enough leads. That's an extraordinary statement she's making. She's saying she's a mother of one transgender child and one pansexual child. What is pansexual? It's just, it's just a meaningless term. Now, the damage that has been done to children through this crazy gender and sexu sexuality stuff is just incredible. When... She says that many, many, many LGBTQIA plus characters in their stories, she wants a minimum of 50% of characters to be that. I, I mean, and wanting leads and so on. I, I mean, this has very practical implications for me because I love much about Disney. However, um, I was going to subscribe because I wanted to see the Beatles film, but I'm not going to because I don't in any sense want to support this kind of woke agenda. And... It's not just being woke, it's being anti-democratic. They're trying to overturn what Governor DeSantos in Florida has put forward. And by the way, they lie about it all the time. This is not, Governor DeSantos's bill, as we pointed out before, is not don't say gay. It's saying we should not be indoctrinating children in school into queer theory. And that is tr absolutely correct. And neither should Disney. Just be careful, folks, because why does this matter? Now, people are going to get really, really upset with this. But it matters because pedophilia is absolutely coming. I'm going to put a link to an article by Erin Holmes, which shows that pedophilia is being normalized. 
Look, let me come back to the, the, the don't say gay bill. I mean, I do think so much of this is about grooming. I think that any adult who wants to talk to children in explicitly sexual terms, children age five, six, and seven, I think they're perverted. I really do. Um, this, the so-called don't say gay bill, which is not, it is the parental rights bill, and it just simply says that classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or development appropriate for students in acceptance with state standards. Spot on. Well done to that, Governor. Um, now, I listened to a fascinating discussion on trigonometry, another podcast I would recommend, uh, with Bonnie Seidner, and she talks about grooming schools. Listen to just this little bit, and I would recommend, I'll put a link and would recommend listening to the whole thing. And, and Bonnie, do you think the solution is for people to set up their own schools, for there to be more freedom to do that, and as a result of that, they become more successful because they're focusing on, on more traditional things when it comes to education, like reading, writing, etc. Because I was reading about a lot of your public schools, and to me, it sounds like a, a large part of them are simply not fit for purpose when you see people graduating from them unable to read or write. People are talking about starting new schools. We do have something called charter schools where you can set up a school with its own charter where it has a specific mission. And some of these are, you know, the mission is to transmit traditional values. I don't think they can be religious, but they have a specific purpose and they are freed from some of the restrictions of traditional public schools. Uh, it's, it's hard, you know, you can't ma ma wave a wand and have a school appear instantly. We, I hear from many, many parents who are asking that exact question right now. Holy cow, what do I do? Even the private schools, which, you know, we, we have different levels of private schools, but even the wealthiest private schools, if you can't buy your way out of this in the United States of America right now, no matter how much money you have. It tends to be even worse in private schools, this importation of one-sided ideology. Uh, and it seems to be worse in affluent communities as well. It seems to be an affliction of um, affluent white women, not entirely, but those characteristics predominate. Uh, I mean, you might consider moving to a more rural area. And, and actually, a lot of people in America, if you look at our population shift, are moving to places like Texas or Florida or uh, pl places that are right now more, you know, freedom loving, I guess you could you could say. So some people. Are you know, she's saying something that I've always said, that it's the white middle class affluent schools who are pushing this woke agenda the most. Anyway. Let's talk about elections and let's start with Alice Cooper.
So, we've got a lot to do in terms of elections, things that are going on in the world. We mustn't allow everything to be tied into COVID or uh, Ukraine. Pakistan, big issue in Pakistan. They'd called for a no-confidence vote, blaming Prime Minister Imran Khan for the steep rise in inflation and what they call his anti-Western foreign policy. Within minutes of the Deputy Speaker's shock announcement, Imran Khan made a televised national address. Now that the Speaker has exercised his constitutional power, I have advised the President to dissolve the Assembly so that democracy prevails. In a democratic society, we conduct elections so that the public choose who they want to lead their country. In the run-up to this vote, we've had revelations of a plot to assassinate Imran Khan and an expose on alleged collusion between opposition MPs and a foreign country he accidentally named as the United States to intervene in Pakistan's politics and oust him through this vote of no confidence. And that's what the Speaker cited when rejecting today's vote. Now, the upshot of all of that is Pakistan's parliament has descended into chaos. There is enormous danger here. Imran Khan faced a no-confidence motion. That was blocked. There's going to be an election. The opposition are furious. He's accusing them of siding with the US. He's been accused of siding with Russia, which he has done. Um, and just watch this situation very carefully. A, an unstable Pakistan affects not just Afghanistan, but also India. We're talking about nuclear war. Personally, I think the first nuclear war is more likely to be between Pakistan and India than, than any other powers. And then here's this man celebrating his victory. That is Viktor Orban, who astonishingly, and it is astonishing, and I've analysed this to the extent of I've read as much as I can about it, I've tried to understand why Viktor Orban Fidesz party has won a fourth term in office by a huge margin, much more than predicted, when, as he pointed out, the EU, all of the liberal progressives, the US, Hillary Clinton, numerous others, have intervened. Now, don't believe all that you hear about Viktor Orban. Um, there's actually a far-right party who actually got enough votes to get elected into the parliament. It's not him. Um, I, I love his line, we've won a great victory, a victory so great you can perhaps see it from the moon and certainly from Brussels. Uh, he's the longest-serving head of government in the, EU, in the EU, and he faced a united opposition. But with 99% of the votes counted, they're on 53% compared to 35% for the United Opposition Parties. It's an, it's an extraordinary result. Um, and incidentally, in that wee clip, he talks about Yelensky as being an enemy. Um, again, that doesn't necessarily mean he's supporting Russia's invasion. I think there are consequences there for Hungary too. But he does not like Yelensky's interference in his election. And then Israel. Now, there are not elections on in Israel, but while most eyes are on Ukraine, it's worth us noting this, that Israel is enduring its deadliest wave of terrorist attacks in years. A Palestinian gunman, for example, last week killed five people, and that's the fifth attack in less than two weeks.
the Jews once again under attack. But I guess we have to come to Ukraine and we come to, amongst other things, evidence of massacres in and around Kiev. Um, to me, the evidence is absolutely compelling. I uh, know, for example, at a from a theological seminary, one of the professors there has, was killed. Um, it is absolutely horrendous and appalling what has happened and cannot be justified. Um, it's just incredible. Again, just so sad. But there, again, there are other factors in this war. Just one or two things apart from the ongoing tragedy, and we hope and pray it will end soon and not spread further. But uh, I didn't realize this. And this was Russell Brand who put me onto this. And this is true. The IMF and the World Bank and so on are making a profit from this crisis. I don't know if you know this, but Ukraine has a massive debt from which, and that's increasing all the time, from which Western banks and hedge funds could make 300% profit. The IMF alone has given a 1.2 billion new loan since the war. Now, the point about that is this. The Ukrainian debt is already unsustainable. And here's a thought. Brand said this, and I actually, I don't know how to answer him because I think he's right. He said, if we were really serious about helping Ukraine, why not cancel their debt? Oh, but we can't do that because it would affect our economies. Yeah, but so does cancelling gas. So does doing all these other different things affect our economies. Why is it that the bankers and the hedge funds should profit from war? And then I want to thank Julie Royce for this. Julie Royce is a commentator journalist in the US. I don't always agree with her, and um, and yet she's tenacious. Um, and she drew our attention to the Christian psychologist and cultural commentator James Dobson, who in a newsletter called for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. Now, I think James Dobson's Family Institute has been a tremendous organisation. But to have a Christian leader come on and advocate the assassination of a foreign leader is really quite extraordinary. Mark Tooley, from the, who used to work for the CIA and is president of the Institute on Religion and Democracy, which does advocate for Christian orthodoxy and democratic values in church and society, said, for a Christian leader to call directly for a foreign leader's assassination without careful reflection is unwise. It's better to pray that Russians reclaim their sovereignty from their tyrant, the details of which are likely outside the expertise of any Christian leader in the US. Well, amen to that. Of course, the the hysteria around um, Russian people continues. Yuri Gagarin has been memory holed by the Space Foundation, who have always had a Yuri's night that's been banned. One other fallout from uh, Ukraine stuff. We've mentioned this before, but uh, you know the, the rocketing in price rises. That is something to be really worried about, especially if it hits Egypt. It's already hit Turkey. So Turkey's annual inflation rate has risen to 61% in March, the highest in two decades. And while we're talking about Ukraine, well, let's stop there and let's talk, let's not forget what's going on in Myanmar, where the world's oldest civil war going on since 1948 continues. And Christians in particular are suffering. 
Myanmar's military has destroyed at least 47 churches and more than a dozen other affiliated buildings. Uh, this has been done in Chin State and Kaya State, the Karina State. Um, the Chin State is majority Indian, and uh, they have they are they they face just enormous persecution. Let's not forget our brothers and sisters there. And let's move further east. Let's go to China. Uh, you may have heard this if you were in Shanghai. That is Shanghai res residents who go to their balconies to sing and protest the lack of supplies that they've got in their current lockdown. This, the sound you heard was a drone appearing saying, please comply with COVID restrictions, control your soul's desire for freedom, do not open the window or thing. Spectacular. Control your soul's desire for freedom. How, what a suitable motto for the Chinese Communist Party. Now in Shanghai, we think that the cases are up to at least 25,000 per day. And uh, they found, they think, a new subtype of the Omicron variant in the Shanghai area. Watch this space. Meanwhile, in the UK, 37, the University of Oxford estimate that 37 billion pounds has been frauded from the government in terms of pandemic payments. Uh, again, it costs 370 billion to implement this COVID cost tracker, and the government has paid this. This is our money. This is taxpayers' money. But 37 billion of it has gone to fraud, and I'm sure there are big companies and small companies and individuals involved in that as well. 37 by the billion, by the way, is one third of the total NHS annual budget. A uh, quick thing about uh, climate change. Um, it's very interesting that according to satellite measurements compiled by the University of Alabama and NASA scientist Dr. Roy Spencer, the, there's been a standstill in global temperature for the past 90 months, even in fact a, probably a small downward trend. Uh, it, it's, it's not just them, it's the, the Met Office, for example, database has the same thing for the past 96 months. Indeed, the average temperature in the 2010s at 9.717 degrees centigrade was colder than the 2000s at 9.31 degrees. But nonetheless, the IPCC, who I do not trust one inch, they have a report that's released supposedly by scientists, but many of them are not scientists who do peer-reviewed climate science. They're analysts and sociologists. And I think we need to be careful watching all of this. Meanwhile, Australia is estimated to export a hundred billion pounds worth of coal this year as the demand for the fuel is increasing. And then, oh dear, I mean, as the West denudes itself and of energy and farms that out to China and India and elsewhere, it's not really helping climate change, is it? Save the children have turned down a one million donation for their work in Ukraine from a North Sea oil and gas producer because they're opposed to fossil fuels. Save the children, where children are in desperate need in Ukraine, have refused a one million dollar donation. Virtue signaling has a price. And then Etihad, wonderful airline, but they're now boasting about green sustainable travel. But 
again, please tell me if I've got this wrong. You can buy sustainable aviation fuel at three times the normal cost. The corporates can do that. And of course, the corporates will pass that on to us, the customers. So we're really paying for it. Etihad say their new A350 aircraft is much more fuel efficient by 25%, which is good. But it still has 44 business class seats. And their A350-1000 has a three-room residence in their super jumbos. Now, if we really care about climate change, surely we would cut down on the luxury travel and enable more travel people to travel cheaply. Just saying. Goodbye to all my friends at home. Goodbye to people I've trusted. I've got to go out and make my way. I might get rich, you know, I might get busted. But my Um, I tell you what, I'm going to begin a, a new series over the next while, the top 10 live concerts. Now, most of them I've been to. I wasn't at this one. This is, but I thought it was hugely significant. This is uh, Metallica in 1991 in Moscow. The video is insane. Again, I'll put a link to it. One million people. This is just after the fall of the Soviet Union. Russian soldiers headbanging, head, helicopters flying everywhere. Uh, and Metallica, wonderful musicians. So that's my first. That's my number 10 top live concert. Um, okay, let's go to America. Just a few things to mention. Our American friends will know some of this. Uh, California policymakers who have the Future of Abortion Council, having said, they they intend to not only codify the killing of unborn children up to nine months, but to decriminalize killing newborn babies or even days or even weeks after birth. In other words, what we said all along infanticide is coming to America. That's what they call progress. We're reverting to Greco-Roman paganism. But thankfully, in the good news in the US, in Oklahoma on Tuesday, the legislators approved a near total ban on abortion. Um, that, of course, will end up going to the Supreme Court, although the Oklahoma House voted 70 to 14 to send the bill to Governor Kevin Stitt, who said that he will sign. And then... 
just something we've said before. Black Lives Matter, you've been conned. The leaders of the largest organization, the Black Lives Matter movement, used $6 million in donations to buy a California mansion and then sought to cover it up. That's according to New York Magazine. Wow. Let's come to the US, to the UK, gay conversion. The government has done a double U-turn. Again, I'll put a link to an article that I've written for Christian Today. Um, what's, what struck me, the reason what I've written is a response to Steve Chork and the, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams and others, who said that they want conversion therapy banned not just on, on, on gay stuff, but also on the trans stuff. And I've written about what's wrong with that. Uh, it was incredible. They got this thing from The Independent talking about nutty evangelicals influencing the prime minister. Can you imagine any newspaper saying nutty Muslims or nutty Jews or nutty anybody else? Strange, isn't it? Prejudice is okay with some. And then in England as well, no-fault divorces are now allowed in England and Wales. The BBC called it the most far-reaching change in divorce law in decades. It is incredibly sad. It is incredibly sad. Campaigners say no-fault divorces will help more unhappily married couples to divorce amicably and rebuild their lives as well as protect children. Yeah, I think it's something that demeans marriage. I think it's something that will harm children. Uh, and once again, I actually think the divorce laws are a far more serious attack on marriage than same-sex marriage. Now, again, I realise it's a complex subject and maybe we'll return to it. We've reported this before, but there's some good news from Finland. Uh, the Christian MP Pavi Rasanen has been found not guilty of hate speech, as well as the Lutheran bishop Johanna Podjula. And, well, for those of you who know the case, it was a trial, political trial brought for ideological reasons in an attempt to scare and intimidate those of us who want to proclaim Christian biblical values. Some sad news, uh, the drummer in this band died. Taylor Hawkins of the US group The Foo Fighters. It was a tragic and untimely loss as they say, but he had overdosed on heroin before despite his talent. Just sad, isn't it? It's just really sad. And then Twitter, Twitter bans. Now again, we've, we've said this often, but it's astonishing that Twitter have banned Carl Hennigan from its platform for questioning the UK death toll with legitimate figures but they haven't banned somebody who came on and uh, attacked J.K. Rowling and made a death threat. They said that doesn't go against their standards. Well, maybe the new board member of Twitter, Tesla CEO Elon Musk, recently announced the richest person of all time on Forbes. His worth is now about $300 billion. He's just bought a 2.89 billion stake in Twitter, <clears throat> which makes him, I, I guess that's small change for him, but... Uh, It'll be interesting to see what impact he has on Twitter. 
And then I know time is going on, but we, we, we miss this and we have to play this. That's the Italian national anthem. Love Italy. Uh, love the Italian football team, but they won't be going to the South, to the World Cup. The last time they were there was in South Africa, from which we heard that anthem. Listen to this. Roberto Mancini. Almost looking hopeful here. But North Macedonia going for it all! Would you believe it? Would you believe it? In added time, North Macedonia has shot Italy and our Italy out of time. Milevsky celebrates. Mancini cannot believe it. Desperate appeals here from Italy, but have North Macedonia pulled a shock? It's their experienced campaigner, Alexander Tchaikovsky. A pot shot, but what a pot shot. Yep. Italy were beaten at home by North Macedonia. And it means they're out. Well, we just have to play some of the North Macedonian anthem. Uh, Macedonia, by the way, called North Macedonian to let them get into the EU and not have Greece complain. And then uh, this occurred in Australia. What do you think, JB? Start at the right post and bend it back. He's done it so many times. 999 goals, Buddy Franklin. The legend becomes immortal. It may be of no interest to any of you out of Australia, but that's Buddy's 1,000th goal for Australian rules football. Um, I thought it, Australian rules football was a bit of a joke. I repent of my sin. It is an incredibly serious sport and followed incredibly passionately by huge crowds and it's extremely lucrative. And this man, Buddy, real name Lance Franklin, uh, is a kind of superhero since 2005. He went into a game against Geelong a couple of Fridays ago at the Sydney Cricket Ground. He kicked nine, he'd kicked 996 goals and he ended up kicking 1,000. Congratulations to him. And then this lady died. Oh, well, that won't take long. You ain't got much in. Ah, just the sheets. But they got to be really, really dry. Silly, really. All that money Colin's got, and he's only got one pair of sheets. So we have to go through this nonsense every week, making sure the sheets are bone dry before putting them back on the bed. I say, he's only got one pair of sheets. What about you? How many pairs have you got? Me? None. I just share Colin's. 
Oh, one pair of sheets between the two of you? Well, what do you do? I mean, you have one sheet and you kind of double it over, is that it? No, I mean, we sleep in the sheets, we wash them, we put them back on the bed all in the same day. Are you trying to tell me that you and Colin sleep in the same sheets at the same time? In the same bed. That's Doc Cotton. What you got there is the caricature of a busybody, so-called Christian. Uh, that's how the BBC portrays us. She's died. Uh, amazing actress, actually. Uh, she was. She played in EastEnders. Doc Cotton between 1985 and 1993, and then from 1997 onwards. Uh, yeah. And this man died. Just listened a little of this. This is Gerald Coates in an interview with Jay John. You, you've been a Christian for nearly 60 years. Um, what would you say uh, to those of us tuned in, listening to this, uh, who are trying to be Christians today? What would you say to us? Your ministry is what you like doing. Uh, that may not always be true. Whether it's practical things, prayer, speaking, don't wait to be invited on a Sunday to speak. Just go around encouraging, exhorting and comforting people in as few words as possible without them feeling overpowered by your presence and all this sort of stuff. <clears throat> Just sow the seed. Your ministry is what you enjoy doing. There might be times when you're asked, if you're prophetic, to say and do things you'd rather not say and do, but then you're back to how much do you love Christ, how much do you love his word. Um, and the second thing would be it's never, ever too late. There are things that happen to us, losses, deaths, misunderstandings, betrayals, um, that, can, that, that can contribute toward paralyzing us from living a full life for Christ and exercising our gifts and abilities that he's given us. It's never too late. Very sad to hear of his death. He was a pioneer. He uh, marched for Jesus, the pioneer network of churches. I met him a couple of times and I was Im impressed. He's at home with the Lord. Okay, sorry for being a bit rushed with all of that. Um, it's probably still going to end up being our longest one. Next week, I am finally going to bite the bullet. I've been meaning to do this for a long time. I just haven't had the nerve or the courage, but I'm going to do it now. We're going to do a transgender special. Um, I've got so much material and we have to do it because this is the issue that is obsessing our culture and I want to bring a Christian perspective on it for you. But we leave you with Pat Barrett's Build My Life. Now, you'll remember on the just earlier I talked about the Shanghai residents who were told by a drone, control your Zion your soul's desire for freedom. Do not open the window or sing. No, we're a singing people as Christians. And the reason I'm playing this Build My Life is that Faith Life reviewed 2.7 million songs churches sang and 91,000 sermons, I'm assuming in the US. They are the Logos Bible software people. And they, uh, they've said that the number one song sung in churches was Build My Life, this song here. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring 
Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Incidentally, the top Bible passage preached on, not unsurprisingly, was John 3.16. God so loved the world, he gave his only son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And the second most used Bible passage was Matthew 28.18-20. to Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the age. Okay, folks, see you next week. If you want to support the Quantum, then go to the Podbean fundraiser. All the links are on the website as well for articles and so on. Any comments, as always, appreciated. Just send them to the weefly at gmail.com. Uh, any news you want to pass on, do that as well. God bless you and just rejoice that Christ reigns and he will build our lives but he will build his kingdom first of all whatever happens in this world God bless you and see you next week
说。